Hello, I'm M3, and this is my opinion for April 11th, 2018. Today, here to give a recap of Tuesday Night SmackDown Live from last night. And hey, maybe not to the same level as the Raw after WrestleMania, but SmackDown Live had its moments, its, its uh, changes, um, you know, changes abound as we're out of WrestleMania season and now we're heading toward the Superstar shakeup next week. And there was bound to be some shakeup on SmackDown this week, especially Daniel Bryan's now uh, uh, back to being a full-time wrestler, back to being a full-time competitor on the SmackDown roster, at least for now. He could go to Raw next week, you never know. But with him back to being an active competitor, there needed to be a new uh, general manager. He well, Last night, Shane McMahon came out and announced that he had uh, handed in his resignation as general manager and was going back to being a full-time competitor, which Shane accepted and was ready to move on to picking a new general manager and continued to show that SmackDown is the land of opportunity. And what an opportunity that was because just 24 hours after announcing her retirement as an in-ring competitor, Paige was named the new general manager of SmackDown. And I do like this. I, I like this move. Paige brings a general charisma with her, the very uh, uh, popular with the fans. I mean, the, the pop that she got last night in New Orleans was incredible, especially after everyone had assumed, oh, she's done with WWE, uh, with her announcing her retirement the, the ni night before. And brings a little bit of a spice, brings a, a, a little bit of a different attitude to the general manager uh, spot and one to brings in kind of a controversial figure um, I mean, with uh, some of the things she uh, did last night, matchmaking, as far as number one contenderships where guys who had uh, rematch clauses were forced to defend those in number one contenders matches and also giving the fans what they wanted, a main event level match, a pay-per-view level match later in the night with scheduling Daniel Bryan going up against AJ Styles. And who knows, that could be the last time for a while we see that match if either one of them get moved to Raw in the Superstar shakeup next week. But hey, good start for Paige as the general manager. Just glad to see that she's still going to be part of WWE in some sort of way. And it was definitely a great opportunity for her. Daniel Bryan back as an in-ring competitor. She now will fill the role and fill it pretty good, if you ask me. Now let's take a step back and uh, look at WrestleMania here for a second because all of the SmackDown championships were defended, but two of them changed hands with Jinder Mahal winning the Fatal 4-Way match against Rusev, Bobby Roode and the defending champion Randy Orton and the Usos dropping the tag team championship to the Bludgeon Brothers in a triple threat match that also involved the New Day. First with the US Championship, it provides a cap on a what has been a phenomenal year 
for Jinder Mahal. Remember, this time last year, he was in the kickoff show of WrestleMania in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. And the newsworthy thing that came out of that was when he got beat up by NFL superstar Rob Gronkowski. And since then, his career has skyrocketed. Moving to SmackDown, winning the WWE Championship from Randy Orton, defeating him on two other pay-per-views to remain champion, holding the title all the way till November, in which he dropped it to AJ Styles in the UK, to then making it to the finals to determine a new US champion, only to fall short to Bobby Roode. Well, the last couple months he's spent... Uh, causing tension between Rude and Orton in the, their battle uh, over the U.S. title and was finally able to cash in on his plan at WrestleMania. There was a, a little bit of a, uh, an extra problem thrown in the mix there when Rusev was added to the triple threat match and that in the end uh, provided Mahal the opportunity to win the title when he hit Rusev with the Coloss. But now he needed to find out who was going to be his first challenger for the title, which he's got to defend in uh, Saudi Arabia on the 27th. And if he retains there, he'll defend it at Backlash. Well, there was a triple threat match on Tuesday night, pinning the other three men from the Fatal 4-Way, in which Randy Orton came away with the victory, getting his uh, rematch for the United States Championship. And now it's kind of a turn of how things have been over the last year. Remember, last year at Backlash, Mahal was the uh, the new guy in the title mix and getting his first ever crack at the WWE Championship. Now this year, it's going to be Randy Orton that challenges for a championship that is attempting to take a title away from Mahal. And He's had a bad history against Mahal. I mean, look at it. Loses the WWE title at Backlash to Jinder Mahal. Then loses his rematch at Money in the Bank. Only to then uh, lose in a Punjabi prison match, thanks to help from the great Kali at Battleground last year. So now he, he wants revenge after losing his U.S. championship when he didn't even get pinned. So they're going to be playing a lot off of the last year of how Randy Orton just cannot seem to beat Jinder Mahal. That has been the, the one kryptonite in Randy Orton uh, recently is whenever he faces Jinder Mahal, he has walked away unsuccessful. Now in the tag team title mix, the Bludgeon Brothers had to win the tag titles at WrestleMania. Because of the last six months since they returned under this new gimmick back in November, um, it would have been a waste if they didn't win the tag titles with how they've run over every tag team, how they've dominated the Usos and uh, the New Day every single time they've been in the ring together over the last two months, uh, especially the beating they left uh, them at Fastlane. So they win the tag titles in a triple threat match where... Essentially, they weren't even challenged. They destroyed them both for the better part of the 10-minute match and walked away after giving that double sit-out powerbomb to Xavier Woods off the top rope. But now they've got to figure out 
who they're facing in their first title defense, which will happen in two weeks in Saudi Arabia at the greatest Royal Rumble ever event. Well, the Usos were the team that had the rematch clause, but Paige showing how she's making controversial decisions already on her first night has them put that rematch clause on the line against the New Day in a match to determine the number one contenders. And while this wasn't one of their typical matches like the classics they've had on pay-per-view over the last year. Still very good, very high-quality match, whether it be uh, the moments such as Big E um, missing a, a splash on the ring apron, leaving him laid out to the uh, the double uh, backbreaker slash uh, Uranagi, I guess you want to call it that uh, Big E lifted up uh, Jey Uso and dropped him on Xavier Woods. But in the end, it was the Usos who were able to uh, clever their way to a, uh, a successful defense of their uh, rematch clause and move on to now facing uh, the the Bludgeon Brothers in Saudi Arabia. And you wonder, is this the last time now for a while we're going to see the New Day against the Usos? They've had one of the best tag team rivalries in recent memory with all the matches they've had. You want to go back to Money in the Bank last year, Battleground, SummerSlam, hell, even meeting in Hell in the Cell. The, the match they had at Fastlane was great until the Bludgeon Brothers came in and ruined it. And now, last night, once again, maybe not on that same level, continued the great chemistry these two teams have had together. Whenever they're in the ring together, they seem to create magic, seem to put, put together classic matches. But with the shakeup coming next week, are we seeing the end of this great tag team rivalry just for a little while? My hope is that neither one of these two teams get you know, broken up, having one member on Raw, the other member on SmackDown, because, I don't know, I just hate seeing tag teams uh, broken up whenever there's a roster change up, especially with two teams that have, when you think about uh, these guys, the Usos, you can't, you can't have one with without the other in my mind. And then with the New Day, yeah, they all started off as singles wrestlers. But you think you think about their careers now, it has been so much defined by being the New Day that it would just feel weird to see one of Kofi, Big E, or Xavier Woods without the other two. One of the two championships that did not change hands at WrestleMania on the SmackDown brand was the SmackDown Women's Championship when Charlotte was able to successfully uh, retain her championship against the winner of the first ever Women's Royal Rumble, Asuka, ending her undefeated streak at 266 matches and an undefeated streak that went about what two and a half years since she had come to WWE slash NXT. And what surprised me most about her retaining was the fact that she made Asuka tap out. 
Now, the two women leading up to this match showed a lot of respect for each other, were very respectful afterwards, which is very rare in a, a women's rivalry. There's usually a lot of envy and jealousy there. There's not sort of the feel that they've had of playing nice with each other the in the weeks leading up to this match. And both went in fairly confident, but it was Charlotte that pulled away with the victory, pulling off a, another shocker of a streak ending in New Orleans. <laughs> Where have we seen that ha- that story happen before? But you know, she moves on to Tuesday night, waiting for her next challenge. I'm sure she had her eyes on the match between Naomi and Natalia, which it seems like every single time... They have no idea what to do with Naomi or Natalia on a given week. They're like, all right, let's just put these two against each other. Let's just have uh, the two of them uh, face off after Natalia interrupted Naomi's interview celebrating winning the Women's Battle Royal on the WrestleMania kickoff show. An okay matchup, but uh, w- once again, uh, came came away with a win for Naomi, continuing to uh, build momentum for her after uh, winning the Battle Royal. Now, she'll be someone to watch as far as a future contender for the women's title. And Charlotte came out last night talking, wondering what would be next after paying respect to Asuka, um, thanking her for providing that tough test. She was wondering what's next in her career. But she was interrupted by another one of the SmackDown after WrestleMania surprises with the debut of NXT's iconic duo of Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. You know, we haven't seen these two in months on NXT. We saw Peyton Royce appear in the Women's Battle Royal on the pre-show. But prior to that, had not seen her and her tag team partner, Billy Kay, since, what, November or December on NXT? They had been MIA for months, and now they appear on Tuesday Night SmackDown. Uh, they've been great the last two years, play, playing the role of the bad girls, playing the role of... Every, Every time they have a chance to pick on someone and um, have the two-on-one advantage, and now that's an addition they bring to SmackDown. I mean, Billy Kay is very much polished as far as an in-ring competitor. Um, while I look at Peyton Royce, there's still growth there. I, th- I think she has the higher potential as uh, a singles in-ring competitor, but. Together, their chemistry they have is fantastic. And they come out insulting uh, Charlotte, talking about it's time for change on SmackDown. They're here to ruffle other people's feathers, saying that it's uh, in with the with the new and out with the, the old. In fact, their, their actual wording of it was, it's out with the old and in with the iconics. And then led to a physical confrontation with Charlotte in in which Charlotte looked like she was going to get the upper hand until a Billy Kay uh, uh, kicked her right in the face and um, the 
the two of them uh, took the fight outside the ring, in, including uh, uh, with throwing her over the announce table uh, near the barricade, and then picking her up, throwing her back over it, and then hitting uh, uh, a double power bomb to to Charlotte on the floor, leaving her laid out before uh, rolling her back in the ring and posing over her. And then that's when the moment struck. That's when opportunity struck with Carmella, Miss, the first ever Miss Money in the Bank, finally cashing in her briefcase. She, she's teased about it several times uh, before, especially toward Charlotte since she won the title back in November, had opportunities over the last uh, several weeks, whether it be when the riot squad left Charlotte laying in early February. February or interfering in each of Charlotte's matches against Natalia in the month of March. But now with uh, Charlotte in a prone state after getting the beatdown from the iconic duo, it was the perfect uh, opportunity for her to cash in. And finally, she was... Uh, able to cash in and win the women's title. The funny thing about this is she's in the ring. She brings referee Mike Chioda back with her after the referees were kicking the iconic duo away from uh, the ring. And Mike Chioda is just like standing there like for a minute or so like, wait, you sure you want to do this? You want to do this right now? And she's, she's getting all annoyed yelling at him, ring the bell, ring the bell, ring the bell, wanting her cash in. And it, it felt kind of like the Dolph Ziggler moment uh, back, what, six years ago, the, the night after WrestleMania 28. The crowd knew with the champion in the prone state that this was an opportunity for the cash in. And as soon as her music went off, the, the Smoothie King arena or just lit up in, in excitement, realizing that they're going to get uh, a historic, uh, buzzworthy moment here on a post-WrestleMania show. And now with Carmella successfully cashing in as you know she had to and no this was her opportunity because with Oscar not winning the title it gave her a better chance at cashing in and it makes her title win feel even better because she beat a woman that just beat uh Oscar who was viewed as unbeatable uh, two days earlier so now uh, Charlotte had all this momentum upon her only for Carmella to kill that momentum and take the women's title at the opportune time for her. And it creates all sorts of opportunities as far as title matches in the women's scene, whether it be, you know, Charlotte getting a rematch, whether it be in Saudi Arabia in two weeks or at Backlash in uh, May. You still got Naomi there. The, the iconic duo, you know, they're going to be chasing after the women's title. Plus, the shakeup coming up next week. You have no idea what women's wrestlers could be coming from Raw over to SmackDown. Maybe a, uh, another threat comes up from NXT. So there's plenty of opportunity now. And it's a fresh change here in the women's division with someone like Carmella, who's got a lot of attitude to her and uh, is very cocky. The, brings something a little bit different to the women's uh, title scene that we haven't seen in a long time.
Now we conclude this week with talking about SmackDown's main event, which Paige announced earlier in the show her first decision as the new SmackDown general manager, and that was Daniel Bryan up against WWE champion AJ Styles coming off of successfully defending his championship on Sunday against the Royal Rumble winner Shinsuke Nakamura. But instead of talking about a great classic match, all anyone's talking about afterwards is how Shinsuke Nakamura went full heel on us with the low blow of AJ Styles, beat him down after the match, leaving us all wondering why. Why would he attack AJ Styles? They had shown so much respect for each other leading up to this match. Did losing um, um, this match really uh, stir an anger, uh, a, a vengeful side of Shinsuke Nakamura? Did that set a screw loose in him? The fact that he would turn on a guy that he's had so much respect for dating back to his days in Japan. And when asked about it by uh, Renee Young earlier in the night, Shinsuke uh, at first gave a sarcastic answer of not knowing what came over him there before then pretending he didn't speak English to avoid any more of Renee's questions. Led us to the main event that night where AJ and Daniel Bryan gave us a a glimpse into the future of what we could expect if they ever meet up again. Uh, you saw Daniel with a little extra spring in his step when he was able to uh, do that backflip off the ropes, although he did uh, tweak his knee, allowing an opening there for AJ Styles. Styles, uh, of course, uh, was able to put everything that happened with Shinsuke in the rear view, um, even hit uh, the phenomenal forearm to the outside on Daniel Bryan. And no, the, all in all, it was a good main event, but it got ruined because uh, after 20 minutes of a back and forth competitive match between these uh, two great athletes, Shinsuke Nakamura interfered, delivering a Kinshasa to the back of the neck of Daniel Bryan before hitting AJ with another low blow, hitting him with the Kinshasa face on, and then low blowing him again, ruining a main event and continuing to further his status as now probably the biggest heel on SmackDown Live. After being Arguably the most popular superstar on SmackDown Live, but the fa the crowd was always singing along to his theme song. Now he's turned on someone he respected, turned on the crowd all over the WWE Championship. And to make matters worse, he ruined a great main event between two of SmackDown Live's top superstars. Um, and you now this could be the last time for a while we see AJ versus Daniel Bryan with the superstar shakeup coming up next week. The with so many unknowns, who's going to Raw? Who's coming to SmackDown? Uh, hell, will this rivalry even still be intact? But by the time we get to SmackDown next week, or could either AJ or Shinsuke Nakamura wound up on Monday Night Raw next week? So many questions that need to be answered. So much left unanswered leading into the shakeup. It's, it, it's an exciting time now. It's 
time that's going to leave the fans curious, going to leave us on the edge of our seats. We'll be watching Raw on Monday saying, oh, who's coming here tonight? Who from SmackDown is going to surprise us? And then we'll be doing the same, very same thing the next night on SmackDown Live. See, what I like about the shakeup, though, is we've never had a situation where, say, a, a guy from SmackDown goes to Raw, and then the very next night they came back to SmackDown Live. At least they've kept it uh, that way. Be interesting to see. Do we see tag teams broken up? Do we see champions change brands? What new rivalries are coming in the future that will lead us into the greatest Royal Rumble event ever in Saudi Arabia? Or to backlash coming up on May 6th. So much to look forward to over in the next several weeks. So much information and topics that's going to provide us to talk about on whether it's my podcast or other people out there's podcasts for the WWE. So going to be a fun week coming up here. Going to be a fun next couple of weeks. And I'm looking forward to talking about it all with you guys here. I'm M3 and this is my opinion for April 11th, 2018. Everybody have a great night and I'll talk to you again very soon. Peace.